Welcome to For What It's Worth, introduction to and exploration of the furry fandom, now in its 10th glorious season. There are certain women I just want to bitch slap. <laughs> so in summary, people are awful. <laughs> it's it's kind of true. Isn't there something that's supposed to go here? I'm a horrible person. You leave stuff laying around? I'm a really bad person. Oh crap, they are back. Do something. Pull that record, we're done, aboard. Well, hello, here's those guys, you know, the guys, the ones doing this. Three, there you go. Two, one. And we're back for another episode of For What It's Worth. It's uh, been a minute since uh, I'm sure a lot of you have heard our voices. Um, we've been enjoying the holiday break as much as we can. Uh, I saw Santa. <laughs> Wait, what'd you say, Rue? I saw Santa. You well, see- I ate his cookies, but you know. Well, that's just rude. Kinky. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I broke into someone's house dressed as Santa. They let you, or did you do it without permission? It was Rue's house. Oh. oh. That it's, makes a lot of sense. I just gave that- him some cookies and he shut up. <laughs> that's but- usually what works. <laughs> yeah, typically. But I mean, yeah, it's it's as Nuka said, it's been a year, guys. Ha 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 oh, ha. Get them out of your system now. Uh, yeah, I know, right? So during the break, I guess some of us have been kind of busy. I mean, uh I had a fair bit going on. We uh my wife and I moved to a new house literally two weeks before Christmas, and that was a goddamn nightmare, and I'm never doing that again, <laughs> because before I knew it, it was Christmas, and I did not have any gifts bought. Well, we had some gifts, but, you know, it, we were not ready in any way. Yeah, it was it was pretty rough, um, but it was worth it. New house. It's where we need to be. It's was it's the good house stuff. the gift in some ways? Was the house the gift? No. I oh. mean we say it's our gift to ourselves, but really we just needed more space. So we just needed somewhere where we could uh spread out a little bit more since uh it's us and uh and a house full of animals. So but I've also hit my six months at my new job which is nice which means i'm no longer on probation so they can't fire me for no good reason so that's now they have to fabricate a reason exactly (laughs) now they have to make something up and in all of that i swear i've lost all sense of time because everything just happened all at once and i don't know what's going on anymore (laughs) wasn't that what happens in those days after christmas and before new year's is it just kind of blends together yeah it's 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 the void it's it's the week of the void where everything is just a blur and life doesn't really do anything i don't know but uh what about you rue you've been awfully quiet well suspiciously quiet i know i mean the holidays have been absolutely a blast and fun um i've been playing lots and lots of games with my with my friends online it's been about a year that i've had a pc i know gasp ah rue has something else besides a mac you're better for it (laughs) yes he is 
But I've been able to play lots of PC games. So right now I've been playing a game called Grounded, which is basically Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Um, that's that's pretty fun. It's a survival game, but basically you have to hack uh, hack down like blades of grass and like different materials to try to build a house. And uh, you have gigantic spiders and mosquitoes that are coming and attacking you. And yeah. So you're basically a micro living in a yard. Micro for a simulator. Pretty much. And and yeah. I have a confession to make. Voss, I'm very sorry, but the roof of our house is now gone. <laughs> what? <laughs> Why is it every time we get together and talk about stuff, Rue always has to say, sorry, Voss, but I screwed something up. <laughs> That's always how it goes with these survival games, though. He always breaks something. <laughs> Well, Last time it was dropping trees on houses. Now you're blowing up roofs. There yeah. was three mosquitoes that were attacking me, and the roof was the only safe place. So Until it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, apparently not anymore. Uh, but um, been playing those games. That's been fun. Um, and then basically, yeah, just Christmas stuff. We had a, a fun white elephant gift exchange. I spent so much time on a stupid box that looked really dumb, but nobody wanted to open it because it had like danger and I, I put painted like hazard signs out on the outside of it. Also, I think that they didn't want it because it smelled like paint. I think that yeah, I was going to say, I don't too. think anybody wanted it because it still looked wet. <laughs> so, um, but when you opened it, it there was a bomb. A great big plush Aww, bomb inside. Plush so that was kind of cute. That's so cute. Um, and then yeah, I've been having some issues with my veins lately. Yay, veins! They've been having me wear like compression socks, and um, that's been kind of weird to wear, like be a fox in tights. It's just not my thing. It's <laughs> it's kind of uh, kind of been a little bit weird. But anywho, click. What have you been up to? Um, holidays. Yeah. <laughs> no, actually, speaking of houses, the gift that keeps on giving. Oh, they always do, forever and ever. Yeah, my dumbass decided I wanted to remodel a basement. <laughs> uh oh. Good luck. Yeah, it's been fun. It's, it's been uh, expensive, but it's been fun. Yeah, you learn a lot doing those kinds of things. I saw the the pictures. You just tearing out. All the drywall and redoing the drywall, or are you? Nah, like, we're redoing everything. You're not going to redo the drywall, but as as soon as we tore that down, I figured out that whoever framed it before did it wrong. So now I got to redo all that. Oh God! I got to redo all the wiring. Oh no! But that's okay because I'm putting new lights in that aren't booby lights. <laughs> booby lights. <laughs> that's what our house has. It has a bunch of booby lights. He's been well, running around with a nail gun, screaming "yee hee 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 hee." <laughs> In his defense, that's what I would do if I had a nail gun. Fair. <laughs> I mean, you know, power tools are a lot of fun, and I will use almost any excuse possible to buy new ones. Yeah. So that's what I've been doing: buying toys, really expensive toys, <laughs> to destroy your house with. To destroy a house with. <laughs> That's awesome. What about you, Nuka? What have you been up to up in the, uh, the far the, north? The Arctic <laughs> that we call Canada. Yes. Uh, no, it's been great. Um, I've, uh, I didn't kill any students, so that's a victory, a moral victory. 
the, the end of semester is always a harrowing time for students writing final exams, but it's also harrowing for professors who have to mark 350 final exams plus term papers plus assignments. And yeah, I, I didn't kill anyone. So I, I consider that to be an accomplishment. Good. Um, hey, hey, can I get some extra credit? Like oh, I need to God. I need to like up my percentage of my grade. That that shit is the exact thing I'm talking about. Like students who <laughs> who just don't show up for the final and like a week later are like, oh, by the way, I missed the final. Uh, am I still going to pass? It's like, uh, uh, or like, hey, can I turn my term paper in after the final exam is done and after the course is finished and my final grade has been posted? I'm like, no. Uh, what? So that sort of thing. Well, um, you could turn it in, but it's not going to do any good. Yeah. I'm like, well, it's a 10% late per day and it's 20 days late. So uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and tell you that it's got a 200% late penalty. So <laughs> you, you can hand it in, but I'll tell you right now without looking at it, what the grade will be. Zero or negative. There you yes, go. You say I it's negative points. Uh, beyond that, uh, I've been playing uh, a bunch of new board games, and computer games that I got for Christmas. Uh, I've fallen in love with uh, Neon White, which isn't super super i guess it's like it's new in the last year but it's like a first person shooter platforming speed running kind of game very fun uh i'm not a big speed runner person myself but i can it definitely makes me understand the appeal of speed running a game because this game is just just feels good to play it makes you feel like a really baller gamer even if you're slow and clumsy like me um super baller I feel yeah that's way with like rhythm games yeah, like if, if you can nail a rhythm game, then you just feel amazing. You feel epic. Uh, board games, I, I got a whole bunch. I got $500 worth of board games over the break. Wow. Uh, so I'm catching up on a bunch of them. My, my new favorite right now is Clank. I'm loving the hell out of that. Um, and then I guess the big thing for me is uh, Further Confusion is coming up in a couple of weeks. I haven't been there in a few years. And uh, I'm both doing research and giving a talk there. So I'm pretty excited about uh, that. I, so I got to every year I start, I do make a new version of my big furry talk for all the conventions. And I, uh, I made my big furry talk for this year. It started out 340 slides and I've cut it down to 200. Um, so <laughs> that's, that's how impressive. much data we've got that I have to sort of condense and, and, and chop out. So that's awesome. I'm a little sad. I won't be there to, to see it. Ooh, Egg that will be that will be fun. We should have you do a a nuka report sometime on on the show. For further confusion. <laughs> yeah, you are our correspondent. Yes, the field correspondent. Our our correspondent in the field, but uh, we're not going to leave him out. What about you, Voss? Anything you uh, want to report for the the break? Oh gosh, what have I been doing other than trying to keep click down with his running of nail guns and power tools? <laughs> I've just been running the server for all of us, and we recently restarted Valheim again. Yes. And that's been an adventure so far, rebuilding everything, and then, yeah, playing Grounded with Rue as we carefully walk through blades of grass just to see a wolf spider so eyes suddenly start glowing red and start charging at us and we all scream like children like a gigantic and... one so huge it's so scary six times bigger than we are and then we all scream and run and holler <laughs> and freak out and throw things and no idea what to do that's fantastic I it's a it. good time sounds like it um 
Rue, I, I hope they haven't gone too stale, but do you happen to have any cookies for us? <sighs> well, let's see. Maybe. You know what? Actually, you know what? Voss actually handed one to me the other day that he ended up getting. So let's let's have let's have Voss read that. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'll read it for you. So the cookie for today is your doubts will turn into happiness soon. In bed with a cookie. So just remember, your doubts will turn into happiness soon. In bed with a cookie. That's a great way to start 2023, isn't it? It's optimistic. Yeah. I mean, I think optimism is all we have left at this point. (laughs) That's pretty grim. Uh, Yeah, well. (laughs) Yeah. Such is such is life, I guess. But uh, with that, I think we'll go to a quick break, and then we'll come back and uh, discuss the topic we have on hand. everybody i hope that you enjoyed hearing our travel logs of through through our lovely lives uh back a year ago and now wow that crashed and burned but now we are going to be talking (laughs) about this amazing amazing topic which we are going to be talking about how to get commissions from your favorite makers so sammy you're 100% in charge of this episode. Why did you choose this topic and what adventures are we going to go on today? Well, I figured this topic is a good thing, a good one because pretty much everybody in the fandom gets a commission in some 80%. way or form. Yeah. Yeah, Nuka, you, you <laughs> I, I got the I was looking at that data literally yesterday. 80% of furries have done at least one commission. Well, there you go. At least 80%. And I think of us folks, um, at for what it's worth, we've done a lot. I mean, I've done a lot over the years. I've, gosh. Pro- you know, that's actually really funny because your 80% matches perfectly. There's five of us, and I think I'm the only one that hasn't got a commission. Yeah, Science, it works. It, that's that's actually interesting. Accurate. <laughs> it's like it's, you know, some magical knowledge. But, yeah, because pretty much I think Voss gets most of your commissions, huh, Click? Yeah, yeah, he does all that stuff. Only 5% of furries regularly commission for other people. Huh. So you're in a small minority there, Voss. But I guess I can say the same, too, because I get commissions for my wife and I I'm the one who typically does them so but generally when you're commissioning somebody you are paying an artist or a crafter or a fursuit maker um, or a musician or writer a writer there's so many things you can you can get commissioned 
Um, and you're ta- basically just exchanging money for their services. So, I mean, what are some things you guys have had commissioned over the years? So many badges, so many badges. Uh, badges are one of the more common ones too. Um, but yeah, if you, if, if you have a badge, unless you made it yourself, chances are you commissioned it. And there's a lot, almost every furry uh, at a convention has a badge of some sort that they've commissioned. So um, yeah, you most furries do some kind of commissioning. Yeah, I guess, I guess I should put that caveat on there. Like, I can't say I haven't got any commissions because I have suits that I've had commissioned and I do have badges. And, you know, that's kind of part of what this episode is, is, is you know, explaining what a commission is because, you know, you say commission and my instant think thought is, you know, a picture. Looking specifically getting a picture commissioned, which I haven't done, but I have plenty of other commissions. Yeah. What about you, Rue? What are some things you've had commissioned over the years? Well, I've commissioned a harness from this place called Color Corgi dot Incorporated. Um, <laughs> so, like the uh, Sammy um, actually did a harness for me. Um, of course, I've done um, uh, art. I have done telegram stickers, which that is also art as well. Um, and, you know, I've commissioned logos. Uh, I've actually commissioned, well, not directly. That was mostly tugs, but the show has commissioned music before. Um, like we have cloud fields that plays at the very beginning of every single, well, majority of our episodes. And that's a song that we've actually commissioned for the show itself. Um, I, I haven't, I can't say that I've commissioned writing before, but I do know a close friend of ours that takes commissions for, for writing, uh, specifically transformation art. He loves talking about his hula hoop, hula hoop transformations. Um, I don't know. I'm going to ask Voss. Voss, what have you commissioned? Oh gosh, what haven't I? Because I, I've done that. I've gotten art tons, and I just do it for loved ones, friends, all around myself. Just whatever I'm kind of in the mood for. And I just want to see a picture of it somewhere down on paper or digital. Just to really kind of emphasize what I'm thinking, and I, I love doing that. Uh, I've had suits commissioned. I've had two. There is currently a Voss Porpoise in the works. <gasps> really? Oh, yeah. I'm so excited. Yeah. That's awesome. So that's been a fun contract, and I've got that going. Ooh. Uh, I've done writing, and I don't think I've ever commissioned music, though. Oh, Lapkos. Sorry. That'll be the one. I, I just, what, Nuka, you got I, something? I just remembered that I, I have a fairly unique commissions that I do, lab coats. If you've ever seen me at a convention, I have lab coats with art on the back of them. Uh, and I just forgot that I've got a closet full of those. So, yes, that's a fairly <laughs> novel. I mean, it's a good example of how, you know, uh, it, it's probably something that no artist has on their, their typical commissions list. But, uh, you know, if you find an artist and you negotiate with them, um, I'd be surprised oh, what you can commission. Didn't it's super fun to get these su- very specific, unique things going out? Because I didn't you commission? Um, didn't you commission some costumes? Uh, not costumes. Sorry, can't call them costumes. Didn't you uh, cosplay costumes? Yeah, but most of that we put together ourselves. 
most of it. Yeah, it's stuff we've built and put together and gone out and worn. We haven't really commissioned anything like that, specifically for costumes. Yeah, you're you're thinking of another friend of ours who's very much into outfits. Um, I know he's commissioned a number of cosplay items. I mean, I've gone the I've gone the full bar. I've got a docky. And I have commissioned it, and I have gotten the rights for it, and I have gone and to a docky place, and it is for sale. I've seen it. Wow, shameless plug. I've seen yeah. it. <laughs> Go buy it. Maybe, maybe we should start from the basics for folks who, who don't know that much about it. What's, uh, what all is involved like in a commission, like from sort of start to finish? What does the process look like? for? Because I know that a couple episodes ago we did like, hey, it's your first furry convention. This might be a good follow-up to I never commissioned before what what should i do oh yeah so there's it's kind of hard to say where an exact starting point is um generally well start with just start with general art that's the most common commission thing in the furry fandom i yeah, think yeah i mean general art a lot of the times it's I feel with most of them, a lot of the times is you're following these artists or these creators on FA or Twitter or um, Telegram or on their channels. Or you their work at a convention. Yeah, or you're at a con and they're doing at-con commissions or take-home commissions. Um, a lot of the times you're just finding them, you know, wherever you are. That's one of the things I love about the furry fandom is, you know, the art and things like that are so prevalent. Um, we are kind of our own, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Cottage industry? Yeah. Yeah. Where, you know, we, we pay for our artists to, you know, do their thing. And, you know, we all help each other out in that way. Um, but a few things that I kind of want to start with as well when you're considering commissioning somebody. Um, there's a few things you want to be sure of um, before you start. Um, a big thing, especially if you're buying online, a lot of the times you're looking, you want to look at what they have is called as a TOS or a terms of service. Um, most artists or even, you know, shops and places like that as well will have their, you know, guidelines that they go by. Uh, typically, the terms of service cover things like, um, you know, time frames or, you know, how they do their art or things they will or won't do, um, how their um, timeline works and things like that. So um, if they have a terms of service form, it's typically a good idea to take a look at it if you can. I know sometimes when you're at a convention, it's not such a big deal because a lot of the times you're getting it there. Um, but if it's something you're going to be waiting on, those are things you want to um, consider. I mean, Well, my, my roommate is uh, uh, an artist. And when I was talking to him this morning about this, you know, recording this episode... Uh, I said, hey, as an artist, do you have any suggestions for how to be a good commissioner? And the first thing he said was, read the terms of service. For the love of God, if it's there, read the terms of service. Because 90% of, of conflicts with an artist can be avoided just by reading the terms of service and knowing the expectations going in, knowing the process, knowing what um, 
because yeah. you are contracting someone. I think that's something that often gets lost in, uh, in what you're doing here uh, because the furry fandom can sometimes be a little bit laid back and, and oh, you know, it's we treat like, oh, I just threw some money at my friend and they made a thing for me. But this is this is contract. Treat this with the, you know, the seriousness that you would treat commissioning someone to build a deck for you or commissioning someone. You know, it's 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 a job they're doing for you. And it's it's a, a contract. Right. And no two people are exactly the same. So, you know, right. one person's well, terms of service could be very, very different. Yeah. And that's, you know, exactly. That's one, one thing to keep in mind is it's, you know. It's a business transaction. You're you're paying somebody to do or provide or create something for you. And yeah, you you know, you have to respect their what they won't will or won't do or you know what I mean? And, and within reason. But that, you know, and it also goes both ways. If you're going to take commissions, then you need to also treat it professionally. Right. Wait, yeah. wait. You mean you won't commission you won't allow me to commission uh Rue Feet stuffing himself full of cookies until he pops and explodes like cookies all over the place. You mean you won't do that for me? You know, there's there's definitely some artists out there that are going to be okay with doing certain forms of art. And there's going to be some artists out there that aren't. And you have to be also respectful of that. And I think that that's also part of the those terms of service of looking at what they're willing to do and what they're not willing to do. Well, I think it's helpful to look at the terms of service, too, because it helps sort of instill in you the seriousness that this is. This is a business transaction. And again, I, I can't stress to people enough. Treat this like you're paying a plumber to fix your pipes or paying a, a person to do con you know, to, to renovate part of your house. Because ima imagine if you try to pull some of the things in that context that people try to pull with artists, right? Like, you know, an artist has done a sketch and they've gone through and they've shown you a couple of times. And then like late in the process, you're like, well, actually, can you go back and change a bunch of that? Like you imagine someone's two thirds of the way through building your deck and like, oh, actually, can you rip the whole thing down and start it again, but do it this way instead? Like you you would never do that. But having friend, uh, a lot of friends who are artists, this is the kind of thing that people, you know, would do with their friends. Oh, I'm paying you 20 bucks to do something for me. But they, and they think that all, all commissions are that sort of casual and they're not. <laughs> right. And the other thing to think about as well is costs. So a lot of the times when you're, you know, getting maybe a single piece of art, it's a one time payment and then, you know, they'll do your item and you're done. You know, when you get bigger items like fursuits or things that cost more um you know you'll have things like payment plans or um deposits and those kinds of things so those are all things that are typically explained in that person's terms of service and i mean they spend a lot of time putting these things together to say look this is what i'm doing this is how i work this is what to expect from me as the creator so you know what's going to be going on going forward. Well, it's, it's worth noting that every line in a term of, terms of service usually has some story to go along with it. it like, like Sam was saying, this isn't arbitrary. Like if, if they have something in the terms of service, there's probably a reason for it, right? You know, some, some person did a thing sometimes or there was an issue sometime uh, with something. And so now it's a line in the terms of service. That's to avoid you having that conflict in the future with the artists. There's a reason for it. 
Well, and I can even speak on that. When I was actively doing collar corgi commissions, um, which I haven't done for a while, but when I was and I had an Etsy page, um, I had pictures of my items on fursuits because I was selling harnesses and muzzles and collars and things like that. I had someone order a muzzle or order off the muzzle selection, which at the time the muzzles were $25 plus shipping. Um, And they thought they were getting ahead from me for $25. And then when they they got mad because they're like, oh, I just spent all this money on a piece of webbing that I can't do, you know, a piece of nylon that I can't do anything with. And I was like, well, if you actually read the description in the listing, it clearly states, you know, the cost covers the muzzle harness only does not include the fursuit head because of that exact kind of thing. So you need to make sure you're looking at those things because it's not the artist's fault or the creator's fault if you're not going through and reading. Um, it's mal- that that malicious ignorance is not a, a good way to uh, deal with artists. Wait, Sammy, you're not going to make me that head? I thought this whole entire time that you were going to be making that head. Get a fursuit head not for $25. You'll get something for 25 but it won't be a fursuit head. Nope. If I- anybody thinks that you can get a fursuit head for $25, first of all, you must have had got bought it off of a friend or something like that because there is no way that you're going to find a fursuit head for $25 at all. The... The um, terms of service can be thought of. So I, I think uh, in general, communication is really important in these sorts of things. So whether it involves reading the terms of service, which is kind of like the the artist saying, here's all the boilerplate stuff that we would talk about if we had a communication. I'm just saving myself the hassle of having to say it for the 200th time. Um, but you know, whether it's reading the terms of service or if you're at a convention talking to the artist in person, Communication is key. Make sure that both people know going into this contract exactly what's expected in terms of what what quality are you expecting? What timeline are you expecting? So is this something that's going to be done by the end of the convention? Is this something that's going to be mailed to me? Um, reasonable expectations for things like contacting the artist. Am I going to get uh, some kind of uh, um, a preview of what it's going to look like when it's done You know, halfway through the process? Do I have any input after a certain point? But establishing all of these things beforehand so that there's no surprises. You're basically trying to avoid any unpleasant surprises partway through or at the end um, because neither of you wants that. You, the customer, don't want to spend your money and get something you don't want. And the artist doesn't want you walking away unhappy with what you got because that's bad press for the artist, right? So neither of you wants a bad outcome from this. So a short communication with them or you taking the time to read the terms of service Uh, makes both of you happy. So I think that something else that's super important is making sure that you just discuss the timeframes, like really like set it out in stone and say, okay, kind of what, what is the expectation? By no means am I saying, okay, like you don't want to rush the artists either, but you do want to have 
like kind of a general communication with them. Like, what is your commission queue like? When, um, what is kind of the time frame that we're looking at for for this? Just so then that way you can have a general expectation, because I know that I've had friends in the past that have had commissions that have been sitting there for probably years. And they probably will never get those particular commissions. I have um, one of those. I you might have one of those. I, oh, I do. I commissioned. I commissioned them back while we were still living in Ogden. So it's wow. probably been almost eight years. And <laughs> I paid in full up front, which is what I typically do. And I've never seen. A sketch I have never seen even a rough outline and I at this point have resigned myself to never getting that piece of art yeah you, you've definitely been forgotten oh, yeah. yeah eight years yeah yeah and it doesn't matter how many times I've reached out I have never gotten a response back and this is someone I don't want to bash artists. I really don't. Because I have many that I love and adore and will always go back to them. But when they're still doing art and doing it like on a professional with professional, like big name companies as well, it really fucking sucks. Because I, I gave them hundreds of dollars. <laughs> it especially hurts when you when you've commissioned them and then you're still waiting and you see them upload yeah. again, new picture again and again and yep. again. Yeah. Pump out stuff after one after another and yours yep. is lost in the ether. Stuff somewhere. that they took I've years after mine and they're like, yeah, you know, they're pumping it out weeks after. I've had, I've had a different, I've had the same kind of thing, but slightly different. It was, and it was three years, It three years to get it done. Yeah, and it was an artist that I commissioned at at FC Oof. in the dealer's den, and had gotten it done, and it was just a bunch of life events. Their house sure. flooded. They had a wedding, and they had a bunch of stuff that just kept piling on and piling on. And I felt bad because it wasn't malicious in any way. And by the time I did get it, uh, the artist was watercoloring on the plane. Oh, jeez. Next to her husband holding all, all the paints to get my commission done wow. by the time it arrived at FC. Wow, yeah. That's that's a good thing to note, too. So during these 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 contracts, the negotiations, whether it's just reading the terms of service and accepting it or actually talking to the artist and conversing about it, um, figuring out not just timeline, but also contingencies, right? Because th you know life happens. Things don't always go according to plan. So having some plan set up, like you would in a break of the contract, right? Okay, so what is the time frame? And a good artist will know themselves well enough to know that, okay, this is the sort of thing that I can have a turnaround time of two weeks or three months or, you know, within the next year. Like, you know, they, they, they can give you a realistic assessment, hopefully, and have some contingency built in that, okay, if you don't see something or hear from me by this point, what what would you prefer that I do, right? You know, should I be contacting you? What's the best way to contact you? You know, should you know don't contact me before this point because you don't want to harass or harangue the artist. Um, but having something set up uh, where like, okay, so you know, if this happens, here's what we're gonna do. If this happens, here's what we're gonna do. Looking at a refund policy. Hey, is it maybe the refund policy is there are no refunds, right? Maybe the refund policy is after this and this much time, 
Um, if if nothing's happening, then there's a refund. Or maybe it's, well, hey, maybe at the sketch stage, if you decide to bail it on this, then then you'll get like a 50% refund or something or a 25% refund. But having those contingencies in place so you know what to do when that happens helps. Yeah. And, <laughs> it's, and not a, it's not a silver bullet, but... No, I think, you know, I feel these really bad experiences are fewer and far between. Um, most artists I feel are pretty self-aware and know, like you said, Oh, I'm doing X style picture. I can get it done with my current load. I can get it done in roughly X amount of time. Um, when I was doing orders, my typical turnaround time was four to six weeks because I knew if I had to order more material, you know, that's typically about a week. And then just between working full time and doing that as well, um, I knew I would, that was a good time frame for me to be able to get it done in a comfortable time that wasn't going to stress me the hell out. So most, if they've done it for a minute, most are pretty well aware of, of, of their own limitations and are very and you good. You should be as yes. well. Yes. There, I know you're, you just got the commission. I know you're super oh. excited to go see it and get it done. And it won't be done tomorrow. It's so hard sometimes. It won't be done the day after that. Yep. You're, you're going to have to just be patient. It'll get done. And then you have to balance yeah. when to contact them and to stay in communication. Because contacting them every single day to say, hey, are, is it good? Is my you're is my commission done now? Is it my is it done yeah, now? Will, uh, how about now? They will yeah. right block now? you so fast and refund if they're feeling generous. Oh, yeah. And it's takes time out of them actually being able to work on it. Like yeah. if they're if answering they you, check their email. <laughs> yeah, if every minute they're answering your "Is it done yet? Is it done yet?" They can't work on their shit. <laughs> but one thing Sammy pointed right. out that I think is really important to emphasize. There is a, a, a trade-off that exists, whether you realize it or not, there's a trade-off. Uh, and this comes with any sort of contract work. Um, if you're going to an experienced artist, if you're going to an artist who's been in this game for years, they know what they're doing, they can give you a very reliable, very predictable time frame. you're also paying for that skill, for that predictability, for that professionalism. You might say, oh, well, look, this person can do it for half the price. Maybe that's true, but if they're just starting out, Maybe or they haven't got a huge client list and a lot of experience under their belts. The risk you're taking, part of that trade-off, may be, hey, this is a person who's only been at it for a year, uh, and maybe they, maybe they 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 overcommit. Maybe they take on more than they can handle, and they're going to uh, have very unrealistic expectations of their workload. Or maybe they're going to experience burnout because they haven't you know done this much work for this much time. That's kind of the trade-off. If you hire a first-time contractor to build your house versus going to a person who's been doing it for 40 years, you know, maybe don't be surprised that the cheaper price comes with this potential liability. So these are the kinds of trade-offs that are worth keeping in mind. And it's, you know, everybody starts somewhere and you, and you got to be patient with them and be patient with each other. And it's funny because like you say, some of these experienced artists, I've watch them draw like friends of ours and that and they're like yeah this is just a rough sketch i did in like 30 minutes and i'm like that is a full completed piece of art what the hell are you talking about it's insane 
I think also something to be aware of is that you're not the only customer that they have. They have other people that they're working with as well. Just to go along those lines of like that if they're sitting there answering your email, can you imagine if they have tons and tons of other people and they're all doing the same exact thing? Their telegrams being blown up every 10 seconds, their, you know, their email, it just, they're not, you're not the only person that's commissioning them. So I think that that's important to remember. Well, well. you're not the only person commissioning them. And this might not even be their only job. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of artists who do this part time. So they're working a, a six or eight hour day and then coming home and then doing this. So yeah, maybe if you email them that morning, maybe they're not answering you because they're pulling an eight hour shift at a Walmart or something. Yep. Yep. I, I have right, a but extra. That also goes, Go ahead. Sorry. That that kind of goes with your, you know, as an artist, you, you kind of have to understand your own time management. I mean, you know, not, not to be, I, I guess, devil's advocate here, but, you know, there are a ton of great artists out there. Um. But, yeah, you, you know, as an artist, you have to understand what you can and can't actually do. So you can't take 50 commissions every week and expect to pump them out and keep people happy. You have to keep yourself managed at, at, at what you can realistically do. And I think you're more likely to find artists who can do that by looking for things like a terms of service, by looking for right. things like an advanced portfolio, by saying, okay, here's a person who's been in this game for 10 years they probably know what they're doing. They've probably worked, you know, by having a terms of service. Uh, to me, a terms of service is a sign that this person has done this enough that they've... They're, they're established. Yeah. They're an established artist. Yeah. However, having said all that, you know, if you're looking to get commissions, don't don't be afraid to start. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, because the stories that everybody has, it's like reviews of anything, right? The only people that review things are people that are extremely pissed off or extremely happy, yeah. Yeah. right? The 99% of everything that comes out, you commission, you get your picture, you pay them, you say thank you, you you know, life is wonderful, and you move on. Yeah. You're not going to write a great review. You're not going to write a bad review. You know what I mean? So most of the stories people have are terrible experiences, but that's a very, very small percentage of the actual number of commissions that are done on a daily basis. What did you have, Rue? Oh, I was just going to um, suggest that um, in, I have some artists that I work with that don't speak English. And... Um, you know, so some of the times what I have to do is I have to use Google Translate. That takes a little bit more time, but I think it's important, you know, if you if you find some sort of like really cute um, fursuit that's a foreign fursuit, then you may have to like change your like use Google Translate and stuff like that so that you can effectively communicate with those those artists. I was just going to say that you might have to use a bunch of different things to get to an artist because uh, you might have to go through a friend in order to commission an artist that doesn't speak your language. You might have to use Google Translate, but yeah, you should definitely give that extra time to d go through and you're going to have to take the extra time to be very specific about what you want with someone who does not speak your language 
because things will get lost through translation. Yeah. And if you point, if you go through the process and you're finding things wrong, don't be afraid to just say, "Hey, yeah, uh, this this hair is different, or this ear needs to be floppy." Right. Yeah. With Google Translate, I like to do like translate it into the language, and then and then translate, and then translate it back and see. And then you can kind of play with it from there. Um, yeah, it's it t- it's just that extra yeah, time, but it can be so worth it. That's how I got my Rue stickers commissioned. He doesn't speak any ling- English at all, and um, so therefore I was I had to to translate things. and And there were some times that it was like, "Hey, that's not what I actually asked for," um, and I had to communicate and say, "Hey." This is what I want. Um, could you could you make a well, slight it, adjustment? It might have been what you asked for by accident. Exactly, so it's, not, it's not what you intended. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and there there, there can be other problems because, for example, I've commissioned Russian artists, and if you know Russia right now, it's not exactly a go to place for art. It's artists there are amazing. Yeah, for weirdly, Russia has amazing artists, but. The problem with it is paying right now yep. because of all of the sanctions. Oh, right. And so yeah. there's a bunch of different ways that you pay. Because normally, like I would just use PayPal. It's super easy. They send me an invoice. I'd pay it. Always ask for an invoice. Always. This is a business transaction. Yes. Get receipts. And get there's it. a business yeah. transaction. Always make sure you keep those because those are incredibly important. And then you have to be aware. Like if they say, hey, send me this money through PayPal, but send it as a friend's plan. That is a red flag because it, because PayPal takes a percentage of the money you send and keeps it. And when they send it through family, the percentage is taken out of your account, not what's going to be sent. And that also, so it's an extra fee on top of you. And then it doesn't keep the receipt because it's a family. And it protects you as the purchaser as well. If something something goes sideways, yeah. And if you don't do fa- if you do family, then you won't have that PayPal protection. So always get an invoice. All right, I think that's a good spot to leave this section. We'll definitely touch more on this. I think when we come back from our break. Uh, but for now, we are gonna take another. Well, take our long break, and we will be back in just a little bit.
Hey there, folks. Do you know what the FCC is? Neither do we. But apparently, they require us to let people know every so often just what the heck they're listening to. We call these little segments where we tell people that they're listening to for what it's worth iDents. And we need your help to make them more interesting. God knows you don't need to be listening to any more of our voices. So if you've got a good radio voice or even just an interesting voice or just a voice or if you want to add your own bit of quirkiness to the show, uh, just send us a recording of you telling folks uh, who you are and that they're listening to for what it's worth. You can email those idents to us directly uh, or send them to us through SpeakPipe at speakpipe.com slash FWIW. And you might just hear yourself in the next episode. Technology, it's wacky, right? Thank you to our Patreons. You make this happen. Rictus. Liffus, 10x, Ashton Sergal, Nuka, Bubble Whip, Chap Hogarth, Aussie, Black Baldrick, Ligris, Tyre, Ichigo Okami, Guardian Lion, Rifka. I don't know about you guys, but that music always puts me in the <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. And that puts me in a better That's probably why we like it. <laughs> That's exactly what I was gonna say. Well, we can we can we can cheer Ru up by talking about uh how to be a good commissioner. Because it's one thing to learn like the mechanics of how to commission. Anyone can walk up to an artist and hand them money and say, here, you know, make this for me. But there's an art almost, uh, no pun intended, <laughs> to to being a good commissioner. And it's one of those things where it's, it's just by you know experience, by getting to know artists, you start to learn some of the do's and don'ts for uh, what you can do to be a more, uh, be the kind of commissioner that every artist wants to have and avoid being the, the nightmare commissioner that every artist complains about to their artist friends. Because they all talk and they will all know. Oh. Yeah. Well, statistically, 50% of the friends of furry artists are furry artists themselves. So they, they congregate and they, and you better believe they, uh, they let each other know about all the, the horrible things that bad commissioners do. So don't, don't wind up on that list. Um, I, I guess if I, if I can start us off with a, a tip or a trick, um, one thing that I've learned from my own experience, so this is me coming clean and admitting that this is something I'm bad for and have to get better at, um, Know what you want and and don't be shy about being crystal clear about what you want. So I, I, I'm I was guilty of going up to artists and saying, hey, you know, here's my character, Nuka. Just do whatever with him. Just draw a picture of him, whatever. I don't care. And I thought I was being considerate. I thought I was being, oh, artists love having a lot of that freedom. And some certainly do. But some artists that drives them nuts. Like, no, 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 I don't know what you want. And it's terrifying to them to think of what if I make a thing and he's not happy with it? Right. And at the end, they would make a thing and I would genuinely be happy with it. But they're like, I don't know. Is he just being polite? He didn't tell me what he wanted when they asked me for feedback. OK, here's a sketch. Do you like it? And I'd say, oh, yeah, I like that. And it's but there's no notes. There's no you know, so it, you if you think you're being very accommodating by just saying, yeah, whatever goes, that might not be as appreciated by an artist as you might think. If you want to be an artist's absolute best friend, have something in your head, but if you want to even go the extra mile and make them your best friend, do it, do a little stick figure drawing of exactly what you want and give it to them. 
and, or find references. And they will love you to death I have if you just give that. them a little reference. Yeah, I've seen more people do that where they're like, oh, this is what I gave the artist and this is what they did. Isn't it amazing? I'm always like, that's actually a really good idea. But I mean, I'm I'm kind of the same on Nuka early on was like, I don't know what I really want or, you know, if I can't decide. Um, I am a lover of the um, Your Character Here commissions because of that. Because a lot of the times it's like, I really like this artist. I really want to commission them. I'm not 100% what I w- sure what I want them to do. But then they'll put out like a Your, uh, your Character Here that I'm like, oh, that's perfect. And I'll grab those. And I still am getting something that I like and something they can be happy with as well. And, and speaking of references, um, yes, I, I can't stress this enough. One of the first commissions you should get, if you've never commissioned anything, commission a reference sheet. Because nothing <laughs> is more frustrating to an artist when they say, okay, what, you know, every artist will say the same, well, show me your reference sheet. Show me, I want to know what your character looks like. And you say, oh, they're a blue cat. Well, what, what the hell does that mean, right? Like a blue tiger, a blue house cat, what kind of blue, light blue, dark blue, are there markings? If you don't have a reference sheet or something that you can link to the artist, uh, you will drive them bonkers. Hey, hey so, click. Hey, click. Do you want to comment on that? I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> I'm famously guilty, I guess. Yes, you are. Yeah. We're all coming clean with our well, friends right now. Uh, you know, I've been in the fandom for, what, about 12 years now. I have several suits. You know, Voss gets pictures of us all the time. I still don't have a reference of any of my characters. <laughs> but here's the difference, though, Click. I do feel like that you still have images, and sometimes I feel like that that's beneficial. I'll be honest with you. I don't like my ref sheet. My ref sheet doesn't necessarily represent um, Rue as a character uh, to, to me. And so I almost need to get a new re- reference sheet at some point in time. What I usually do, though, is I will submit my reference sheet, but then I'll submit art um, with it as well that I really, really like and enjoy so that they can kind of understand, like, this is this is what I kind of am going for Well, that for helps more. them put personality into your reference. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily have to be a reference sheet. Just something that they can go on. Like, let them know what your character looks like or a little bit about their personality. Because if you just kind of try to describe it, I mean, it's 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 really hard to try to put the mental picture you have in your head into someone else's head with just words. So I'm going to say, Click, even though that you don't have an official reference, reference sheet, you have enough art that you could easily um, turn in like three or four photos and then they can get kind of a not photos commission and they can actually get a general idea of what your um character right. looks usually like. i just give them uh suit pics <laughs> i'll find a you know a picture of the suit and well you know here's my character in real life so that's what it looks like well when i started in furry before i got any reference sheets i would take like actual pictures of of the animal so in my case of dogs or corgis um or like clip art pictures and then go into like ms paint and slap colors on and be kind of like this is what i'm going for um help me you know help me refine it and figure it out because 
it's it can be hard if you're not like super creative or super artsy to figure out those kinds of things. I mean, one thing I know at least about some of the artists I follow, um, a lot of them really enjoy that kind of character building um, and helping people kind of put together their persona and what they look like. So it's not a bad thing to say, here's these animals, here's kind of what I'm going for. Um, you know, can you help me yeah. put it together? Right. If you're, you know, if you're getting, I mean, I, I guess I've, I technically I have an actual ref sheet I got when I very first broke into this nonsense of a fandom. Um, and I got a ref sheet of a character. It doesn't look anything like either of my characters. <laughs> But that's, you know, that it, it's a good back and forth to try and, you know, like you said, to, to figure out what you want and what works. And that's, you know, that's where the communication comes in, especially with a ref sheet, because that's you're developing the 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 base and, and the details of what your character will be for later commissions. This is going to be what your what artists see and what is going to be commissioned for the foreseeable future. Right. So you want to make sure that this ref sheet is as accurate and close as possible. So you're going to have to do a lot of back and forth talking. I think one thing that's really amazing with a a ref sheet that can be helpful is if you have specific coloring that you need to have them have um, for your persona and you don't want it to be like a, like if you're very specific with your colors, a ref sheet is helpful so that they can use the the pin. What is it called? The droplet tool. The eyedropper. The eyedropper. Thank you. The eyedropper tool, so that they can pull those particular colors that you want it to be used. So then, instead of you being uh, like, for example, I'm a wine red fox, instead of being a, uh, uh, you know, a very deep red. I mean, not a deep red, like a bright pink fox or something like that. You know, it. The droplet tool can potentially help so that you can get the coloring to be what you want it to be. Oh, and for the absolute love of God, do not get a shaded Thank you. reference sheet. I was about to it say that. It needs to be flat color. Yeah. Every artist will tell you, do not get a shaded ref sheet. They make things so much more difficult. Just get a flat color ref sheet. That's all you need. Yes. So with that, you know who you want to commission. You know, sometimes you got to figure out the best way to contact them. Most artists will say, like, if you're following on their Twitter or somewhere like that, they'll normally have a link or something that's like, hey, best way to contact for commissions. You know, typically most go through email. It tends to be the best way to go. Um, If they have a shop, sometimes they'll do it through the shop. Um, you want to make sure you're contacting them in a way where they're actually going to see your messages and you'll actually be able to get a response from them. Um, there's a lot of the times I've I've seen where people are like, oh, I messaged you on FA two months ago and you never messaged me back. And they're like, dude, I don't check my FA messages. I just post and that's it. Or a lot of places now or a lot of... Um, 
browsers now have like the multi-page posts where you can post on a bunch of sites all at once, so they're not really even looking at those sites. So yeah, that's one thing you really got to make sure that you're paying attention to is um, that you're reaching out to them in the way that is a good communication method for them because... Well, I mean, before you even reach out, you should check to see if they're open. That does help as well. On their on their page or their Twitter or anything, they'll have or they'll have journals and they will state whether they are open for commissions or closed. And you need to be very, you need to pay attention to that and read through that before you send a message out. Because if they're closed and you send a message, that's just going to be annoying and they might not take your future commission if you just bug them while they're closed. Very true. So you need to continue. And then go through their their journal or their form, and then email them or contact them in the appropriate way. Uh, a lot of places, or a lot, and a lot of artists will have like Google Forms that they will open up periodically when they're open, and then you can select that, fill it out, and then it sends it off, and then they will reach out to you if you get a slot. And you have to remember that not everyone is going to get a slot if it's like a very well-known artist or anything. Right. And that's another so thing you, that you have to look at their, you know, going back to their terms of service. Um, they'll, a lot of the times they'll lay that out. They'll say, hey, I will open for X window, and then I will go through and decide which ones I want to take and reach out accordingly. So those are all things you definitely need to keep an eye out for. Yeah, it might not be first come, first serve. It might be artist's choice. So you're just going to have to pay attention to that before you before you message. and Or if you should have the expectation that you might not get a slot and you might not get this artist this round. But you should just try and keep, when they open next, you should just keep trying again and eventually you'll get lucky. Okay, so you got chosen for your commission. Yay. You filled out your form, all that stuff. Now comes the joy of waiting and waiting for your work in progresses and then your final piece. Um, how do you know how long to wait? I mean, sure, you've talked about it with the artist. Maybe they've stated it in their TOS how long typically something takes, but what do you do, you know, without, like we said earlier, emailing them every day asking what's going on? I mean, what's, what do you do at that point? I mean, I think it varies a bit from artist to artist. I know that some of them, including uh, my roommate, who's a, a professional furry artist, um, they run and maintain uh, Trello pages so that people can sort of go to the artist website and sort of see without having to bug the artist. Oh, what is on their, you know, what, what are they working on today or what's on their current docket? What stuff that they, they put off until next week, just to kind of feel here's the production queue and here's where I am in that queue. So I don't have to harass the artist and ask them. It's literally right there for me to see. Not every artist does this, but um, artists who have that available, you should be using that and not asking the artists directly. Yeah, they'll say that or it'll be on their journals that they'll update with, you know, uh, paints done, inks done, in progress. And then they'll let you know so you don't have to bug them. But each artist will have their own kind of way of doing that. And if they don't, then, yeah, wait a little bit. Then just say, hey, just checking in. 
This is again one of those things that you get from from being willing to spend a bit more and, and get a, a more professional artist or a person who's been doing this for years. One of the one of the benefits maybe that they use these kinds of programs to help you to uh, to know and be able to track progress. Yeah, I've used Trello uh, myself when I was doing commissions. It's it's a great tool. It is a fantastic it tool. It is not user friendly. It can. It oh is God, no. not very user friendly, and it can take quite some time to like set it up in a really good way. But it is a really good. The benefit of it is a really good visual tool for your customers. You know, especially if it's a. Um, you know, if you're depending on how you break it down, you can have it broken down from day to day, week to week, month to month, or even, you know, project to project. Um, it's nice in the sense that you can do, you know, the check boxes for each individual piece and say, okay, inking is done on this one, you know, flat colors are done on this one. And so it gives a really nice, easy read for the viewer. But it definitely can be a uh, a bit of a headache to set up. Um, but it is, I think it is becoming more of a common thing that more and more artists are using, probably until something better comes along. Um, I know back in the day when it was mostly like FA and stuff like that, it was definitely, you know, the pin journal or they'd put it in their profile yeah. of their commission statuses or even just a like google that. doc that just says hey here's here's my here's my queue and here's where you are yeah. in a relative queue even that's something yeah i feel that is definitely something more and more people are using as a just a way to help people be like oh that's where i'm at i've got three people up ahead of me and then it's my turn because a lot of the times when you're actually getting into the commission queue you're you know start at the bottom kind of thing and you have to wait your turn because it's a it's a revolving door and you know they got to make sure that their income is staying steady so they can afford to survive i would uh, also tend to err on the side of caution when it comes to uh, uh contacting an artist so like if they have a queue of say eight people and there's one person or and you're next on the queue but then they're working on the person below you I mean, don't immediately freak out and email. Like, Why aren't you working on my, like, maybe it's, maybe it's a mood thing. Maybe they're not in the, the right headspace to work on your piece today. And like haranguing them is not going to put them in that. Now, if it's, <laughs> if it's been a few weeks, okay, fine. Sure. You know, but, um, you know, immediately jumping to the, oh, I'm first on the queue, but today I see they're starting on someone else's. I'm now going to email them and spam them and ask them what the hell is up. That's probably not going to help be a little gracious in, in allowing them to, you know, manage the process how they will. Right. And sometimes that's a time thing too. You know, they're like, okay, I've only got a couple hours. I can work tonight. I don't have the ability to, you know, dig into the color or the detail of this one. So I'm going to just start sketching the next one, you know? So there's, there's lots of factors that go into that kind of thing. I know most, will stick to it as much as they can, but sometimes they have to work with what they've got and the time they have. So you got the final item. You all of a sudden you you have it. You you've the 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 thing that you've been dreaming about has became a reality. What do you do at that particular point? 
Well, obviously you thank the little. you thank the artist. You don't tip them, and then you walk away and never give any feedback or mention them ever again to anyone else. Obviously, <laughs> and, and, and that's a good and way never show way. anyone the picture and be like, "This is me." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm being I'm being uh, uh, more than a little tongue in cheek there. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it, to be sure, and and, and like Rue, I think was trying to uh, tactfully suggest there. I mean, there, there's no there's no one right way to, to i mean you were well within your right at the end to to say thank you take your piece and ride off into the sunset and that's it there's you know when you're done the contract technically that's perfectly fine there are some some sort of etiquette things to consider there are some sort of courtesy things especially if you were really happy with the uh the project uh, i know tips are always very much encouraged uh you know no artist will ever turn down uh tips for if you're very happy with the work um, <laughs> and to go back to the PayPal fee, I usually like to tip to cover the PayPal fee. Yeah, ah. it's it, and again, no, it's it's a, gr- a grateful thing to to do to an artist, especially if you're very happy with the service they provided and you're happy with the piece. Uh, but also um, showcasing it, and and you know, it's you, you're uh, some of the research that uh, I've done on artists has shown that uh, about sixty percent of people listen to word of mouth when it comes to commissioning people. So if you're an artist, you can advertise on FA, you can put out banner ads and stuff, but the single best way you're going to get business is by someone saying, Hey, look at this great piece I got from this person. You should check them out too. So if you're really happy with the work that someone did show it, you know, put it on your FA link to the artist's page, credit them, uh, let people know who did this and, and send business their way if you really liked it. Oh, yeah. And that word of mouth thing is so true because I've got a couple artists that I now follow and have commissioned because of friends. You know, one particular where he was a very regular or is a very regular uh, commissioner of the artist. And I was like, man, I love I love everything you've gotten from him. Their art is amazing. And now I've started getting art from them as well. So it's definitely a a very true thing. And that's where, you know, your social media comes in. You know, you post and when it's done, you say, hey, you know, I got this piece by so-and-so and make sure you tag the artist so they can see the post and everybody else knows who did it. You know, just put it out there. Hey, I got this piece. I love it. They're fantastic to work with. You know, that kind of stuff. It can be um, very beneficial because I know others have learned a lot of art from artists who you wouldn't think, but they suddenly they've drawn this one kink and then the person who got it was absolutely thrilled and loved it and started sharing it around. And then that artist got flooded with Yeah, and they're suddenly now the go-to person for For this. And they have (laughs) so much cue and so much art and money coming in and they're happy as can be. And it was just because you went around and showed it off. You've just built a reliable customer base. Yes. Yeah. At the same exact time, can I give a opposite mm-hmm. approach? There are some artists that they don't want to be well-known, that they don't want to get more commissions, that it's more of just something that they like to do kind of for friends or on the side. You know, I mean, we have a, a local friend that doesn't even want people to mention his name when it, when they, when they asked me like who who did your suit who was your maker he's asked specifically that he doesn't want me to actually share that particular information 
So, you know, also talking, I mean, you know, kind of know what the artist is also comfortable with as well. But I have to say that that is an outlier. Normally, artists definitely want you to share their work 100%. Right. And that's, but it going back to, you know, the beginning of the terms of service and things like that. That's something that was discussed. That's something going into it, you know, you know, they don't, it's not something they want to be known for or something that they do regularly enough to care about that kind of thing. And it comes forward as, hey, don't, you know, don't tag me. Don't, don't do things like that. Because I've had ones who are like, you know, at the end of the day, all said and done, and they're like, hey, are you cool if I post this on my page, if I put it on, you know, X, X, Y, and Z site, you know, to show it off? And it's like, yeah, go for it. You're the one who drew it. Uh, another example of that, we have a friend that um, had a, had a, um, like a fursuit that he ended up getting, and it was actually a suit type thing. And the, the artist specifically asked, hey, you know, I do not want to be known for making these type of suits. Um, I'm doing this for you because, you know, I, I'm, I'm doing this for you, but I'm not going to be doing this for everybody. And I don't want to necessarily be known as a Mersu artist. Yeah. As a Mersu artist. So therefore, can you please uh, not tell people who yeah made my suit? Another same thing. Another thing that kind of, it, it's easy to overlook, especially if you're an early commissioner, like it's one of your first times, you may never have run into this before. One of the things that's mentioned in terms of service, if this has come up before, a good artist will mention things like ownership of the piece, who owns the piece, right? And we, we kind of just assumed, oh, I commissioned it. So therefore, you know, do, you know, I own the rights to it. That's something that's, you make sure you know going in, you know, does the artist, is it in the terms of service where the artist reserves the right to be able to make prints of your character or print off merchandise that features this piece they did for you? There are some artists who will do that, who will say, hey, you know, here's the piece, but also I reserve the rights to make merchandise with this piece if I see fit. And if that's not something you want, there may be a charge associated with that, or maybe you have to talk with the artist about that. But this isn't something you want to be finding out after the piece is done, only to find out that, oh, actually, I don't, you know, I want this piece for myself. And now the artist is posting it on these galleries and selling T-shirts with it. Printing You're going down, yeah. walking through the dealer's den at a con and suddenly see a big old picture of yourself. And you're yeah. just like, whoa, whoa, wait, wait. I mean, I'd be damned, but that's just me. And I, 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 again, I for some care. folks, they're perfectly fine with that. But just make sure, again, read the terms of service. Some artist wants to be able to retain the ability to make merchandise with these characters. Um, so be mindful and make sure that you know. Again, you, you don't want any unpleasant surprises. You don't want to be on a different page and, oh, I just assumed that I had, you know, that I was the only person who had the rights to this afterwards. And the artist said, well, no, it was in my terms of service. I assumed you knew this. Those kinds of mismatches are what both parties want to avoid. I actually have a perfect explanation. Uh, Example. example of this yeah um so a few years back um after my eldest brother passed um i went to um one of my favorite artists who um surprisingly opened for commissions around the same time um and i asked them to do a piece that you know was very 
kind of personal and representative Memorial of him and, and all of that. Yeah. Um, I did it. You know, they did it. They did a fantastic job, as they always did. Um, and then I ended up showing it to, like, my parents and my family. And I was like, look, you know, I got this done, you know, in memoriam. And um, my sister-in-law went, hey, you know, could we possibly make, like, stickers or vinyl decals um, of this? You know, just like an outline, you know, single color decal um, that we can have give to, you know, the siblings and the immediate family. Um, and I went back to the owners and I said, look, you know, every everyone in my family loves this. And they were asking if we can make decals for the family. And they said, yeah, they're, they're like, the only thing I ask is that you're not using the piece of art to make money. Um, you're not using it to to create a profit um, because then it does start falling into some, you know, kind of copyright and, and things like that. Um, but where I was like, no, we're just going to make a handful for us and that's going to be it. I mean, it's just for the family and nobody else. Um, but that they were perfectly fine with that. You know, they they made the um, my sister-in-law made the decals. I even took a picture of it when it was done and sent them to the artist. It was like, Hey, they came out really good. You know, thanks again for letting us do that. Everybody loves it. And, you know, it was a great way to be able to use that. Um, but that's where, you know, you just got to talk to them and be sure that, Hey, you know, you're on the same page when it comes to those kinds of things. Cause sometimes you can get a piece and you're just like, wow, this is great. And I love it. But then you realize, Oh, I want to, you know, do more with it or get it, you know, printed in large or something like that. And so if you're not sure, r reach out to them. They'll they'll be more than happy to, to talk you through and figure out the best solution. Or weird things might happen, like how I said before, how I got a docky. I just wanted the picture of a docky-style pinup. I wasn't even intending to get a docky at all. And then he drew it, loved it, and then came to the artist came to me and said, hey, what if we actually made this into a docky? And I was like, <laughs> okay, awesome. yeah, sure. And then we kind of worked <laughs> together and went back and forth to find a, a manufacturer and start producing them. And that can happen. Weird stuff can happen. It, but it's just using oh, yeah. this one thing that kind of jumps it forward into some merchandising or some other thing. And you've got to talk to the artist to be and yourself to know what you're comfortable with selling. Yeah, communication is key. You don't want to just run off and do like the artist, you know, unless it's in the terms of service that they can do this, right? The artist typically doesn't want the uh, consumer to suddenly be, or the client to be surprised to find, you know, the, the, the picture they commission on things. And conversely, the artist doesn't want to go to a convention and find their work being sold on a t-shirt that they're not getting paid for, right? Right, right. And then also on the opposite spectrum, I kind of want to mention, because it's not something that you really hear a lot about, but is can happen, is if you want to keep your picture private, maybe it's just something that you and your spouse wants, or if it's yep. like a kink that you don't really want people known, like you're, you are into vor, and you don't want anyone else to really have you known for that. So you just kind of want to keep it private to yourself, that you, you need to ask the artist or if it's on the terms of service, if they'll allow, if they'll do that and keep it private, usually they'll do it for an extra fee. 
and then they won't post it or put it anywhere. They'll just finish it, give it to you, and then you just keep it. Or things like um, I've had that for streaming. There's been pieces that I've uh, I've gotten for myself that I you know don't want shared to the public or whatever. And I say, hey, you know, I know that you do live streams. Is this something you can do off stream? Is this something you can you know? Right. There's not four thousand people watching you do work on this piece. It's a more personal. Or, or thing. to wait to post it, yeah. Or to be like, hey, I'm gonna post it because it's for an event or something. And don't want to. I have a helpful tip. Just make sure that um, you communicate like the resolution that you're wanting as well. Um, yes. Like for example, for me, um, I got Telegram stickers, and he just created. Um, you know, the Telegram link, but guess what? Maybe I want to use the Telegram stickers somewhere else, you know? So I asked him, hey, would you mind giving me the high resolution files as well? You know, I communicated with the artist and he said, yeah, that's that should be fine. So he, he sent it over to me. So if I want to, I could make my own sticker pack. I could commission a different artist for more stickers and add it to that sticker pack if I wanted to. For, or, for myself, I do know. that with... um when I'm giving presentations, right? I, I have my telegram stickers of Nuka, but I also use those same uh, high resolution pictures on my talks, on my PowerPoint presentations, so. Mm -hmm. And that's that's another that's thing cool. to get to is because when you commission an artist, a lot of the times they'll give you, when they're done, a high res, that's for your personal use, and a lower res for posting. And you, yep. you should definitely yeah, a lot of the times, have the etiquette and respect that, that you should not be posting the high res everywhere. Right, yeah. And a lot of the times they'll say, this is the low res for you to post, and then here's the high res. Um, and a lot of the times you don't, yeah, you don't want a high res picture out there because then people can do stupid things with them, especially these days. <laughs> Steal it like an NFT. <sighs> put it into AI learning algorithms. No. Man, there's a whole separate uh, episode we could do on AI arts. That'll be a, that'll be a fun, yeah. uh, fun episode. Yeah, Rue and I discussed that a little bit before we started, and I was like, I don't want to dig into yeah, that. Not, that's, not its here. Own. that's its own episode, <laughs> yeah. and that's that will almost certainly be coming at some point in the future. Oh, oh probably. Yeah, sure. And then, I don't know, I wanted to at least, uh, something that I like to do etiquette-wise, going for more etiquette, is... It's not, you don't have to do it, but I like to do it personally. If I get a commission from someone and then the artist finish it, I wait for the artist to post it first before I post it so they can get all the views oh. and the faves and get that feedback. Yeah. And then after they post it, then I'll post it. Right. And I always recommend, like, if they post on, like, Twitter or somewhere like that where you can, you know, reshare is um, to re blog or repost that original yeah rather post than post your own because yeah then it goes straight to the artist and then people you know if they really like it they can just follow from there and it's a really easy one always too. credit your artist um, always 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 credit your artist they spend a lot of time and a lot of effort and a lot of money learning how to do what they do um, but I think from there we are going to take our final break and we'll come back with our final thoughts and uh, close out from there. So just wait a moment. And we'll be right back.
And that's why I'm never allowed in a Red Lobster again. Oh, wait, oh we're God. back. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Oh, shit. Are these on? Oh. They're always this is to get on. edited out, right? This is to get cut You're out, right? You're not supposed to no. use the claw it's always crushers on. like that. Well, especially not on one soap. Right. My bad. And all that butter. <laughs> anyway. Anywho. I think any lobster. Any whore. Any whore. <laughs> any whore. Oh, uh, I think we've reached uh, about the end of the episode. So we are going to do some final thoughts. Um, and I am going to start us off with Nuka. You have any final thoughts? Uh, more of a quick, embarrassing story. Ooh. One last little tip that's really dumb, but I had to learn through painful experience. Uh, most of my commissioning I do in person at conventions, uh, big conventions like Anthrocon and stuff. If you're going to do that, please make a list of all the people you commissioned and where they are. Uh, because I've lost a commission before where I'm like, I, I know I commissioned four people i found three of them and for the life of me i couldn't remember where the fourth one was and this is this is you know a, a decade more than a decade ago where it, it never thought to to get contact information it wasn't the artist's fault they just assumed that the idiot would come and pick up their arts um <laughs> so yeah <laughs> do, do make sure that they have your contact information even if you're certain you're going to go pick it up tomorrow make sure you write down if it's a big deal to den where their table is and the name of it grab a card and stuff uh don't make the same mistake i did <laughs> i like that that's good okay rue your turn um i'm gonna go off of what nuka said so but when it comes to um commissioning in person just make sure that you hit the dealer's den early um i think that if you wait until the last day to commission somebody you might not be able to get in so if you have a particular artist that you really want to commission uh, make sure that that's the, the, the table that you beeline for when the dealer's den opens. Good ideas. Uh, click, I'm going to pick on you next because you don't get art commissioned. <laughs> I get other commissions. I know. But, yeah, communication. That's It's the biggest thing. Communicate what you want. Communicate your expectations. Um, you know, as an artist, communicate your expectations of what you can and can't do. Uh, you know, just just keep an open channel. Don't don't disappear on either side. Yeah. All right, Voss, your turn. I guess the lesson to take away from me in this episode is patience. Patience in getting because I do a lot of online. Oh, it's almost all online, but patience in finding the artist. Patience in finding where to contact them if they're open. Patience to get a response. Patience to get the, all the details worked out. Patience while waiting, but not too patient. Otherwise, you know, eight years later, you might get your picture or not. And then once you get it, repost it everywhere and credit the artist. Good. Now, I agree with all of those. Those are all fantastic. Um, so. Yeah, my biggest thing. Oh, go ahead. What? Yeah. What? Yeah, Sammy. What about your final what? thoughts? Uh, I don't have any. I'm just a dog. <laughs> no. Um, my biggest thing is being communicate with them when they provide, you know, sketches and work in progress. You know, be honest with what you want and what in particular they're looking for because they're not they're not mind readers and they don't know what you want if you don't tell them. 
Um, and ultimately, you know, be patient, be kind. It's another person on the other end of this transaction. And they are doing the best they can, just like the rest of us. So, Can I sneak one last one in real quick here? I'm sure. sorry. I just thought of this. <sighs> okay. Uh, <laughs> if you're going to commission adult art, be a grown-up about it. Um, so you know, if you're commissioning adult art, uh, you may need to use words like penis or breasts <laughs> or, you know, uh, going up to, you know, t- timidly trying to commission adult artists, but but being really vague or, 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 or vaguely gesturing towards something that you want without just coming out and saying it is going to lead to disappointment on your part when you don't get what you're looking for. Just just say it. If you want big ropey shots of spooge, say it. Just just you're not telling them anything <laughs> they haven't heard or seen before. They, they if they're doing a, a, a adult art, just say it. Right. Uh, I definitely had this problem when I first started commissioning. When I would go and I tried, I was that mumbling, shy, quiet, trying to commission something adult. And it was. I think back now and I'm embarrassed about it. But that poor artist had had the patience of a saint with me. I was very fortunate in that case. Use adult words if you have to. Be a grown up. This is you know you're asking for adult arts. You're gonna have to be clear in what you want. Hey, um, Voss, will you please make sure to save that little audio clip there, so that we can use that later on down the road? Thank you. That's gonna come back to haunt me. That's okay. Can't take that one back. Do all of your adult artwork. The other thing yes. I w- I would like to sneak in. While you, sure. while you poked me, is going back to that. When you get your work in progress and something needs to change, don't be afraid to to download and save that picture and then draw over it what you want and what you want moved oh, or yeah. changed. That will do mountains to help you, not just the artist, but make sure you get what you want. If you want a dick a little to the left so it looks better in the camera, then just draw over the work in progress that you want it over there. Well, updates in general. When they send you work in progress, if you want an update or something changed, tell them then. Don't wait till it's done. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Because it's much easier to fix it in progress. And you might get charged. When it's a sketch, it's easy to change. When it's done, it's a huge pain in the ass. Also, yeah, treat, treat it like you treat it like you treat a contractor, right? If they build your deck, you don't tell them after they finish building your deck. Oh, okay, actually, can you move the whole thing six yeah, inches yeah. to the left? Uh, like, are you gonna build my build my deck? Don't forget the cock. Don't forget the cock. Honestly, I'm amazed we basically went through this whole episode without talking about porn until the very end. Then I had to ruin no. it. I had to be the one to break that. That was seal. that was not intentional in any way at all. And, uh, it just happened to, to go it. like that. Well, you know, commissions <laughs> in general, it, it, the fact that most of them are adult, probably, yeah. I don't know. What I'm surprised that we didn't bring up is is looking at all of the history of the person from the very beginning of their life and determining whether or not that it's somebody that you should commission or you shouldn't commission. They is, are worthy of drawing my genitals. <laughs> they are... They are a supporter of this, so therefore you you should not commission them. <laughs> I don't I don't know. I'm oh. I'm sorry. I'm making this this final segment much much longer now. I'm so sorry. I just realized another one, and it ha- it has to be said. Okay. Uh, don't don't be a creeper to the artists. Uh, this is a professional relationship, so like you're you're going there and commission them. 
they're not under any obligation to be your friends. You're not in any personal relationship with this person. Uh, they don't owe you anything like that, especially if you're commissioning adult art. Um, I have friends who do adult art commissions and some of the creepy shit people do to them um, is just, you know, like, like, oh, are you are you masturbating while you're drawing this? Like, oh. That's not that's not something mm -hmm. you, you ask anyone. Like, it don't. So, uh, you know, if you're going to commission adult arts, don't be a creeper about it. Uh, regardless of whether it's adult or not, this is a professional. You are here, you're paying money for a service. That's it. This is not a friendship. This is not, they don't owe you anything exactly. like that. Exactly. So you can't commission your way into being their friend. So don't. Nope. But I want to be friends with the poppy fur. <laughs> That's a whole nother episode. <laughs> All right. Speaking of Rue. empty episodes. Uh, Let's look in the mailbag. Oh, insert tumbleweed oh, no. sound. It's there's there's nothing <laughs> oh, in there's here. There's nothing inside of here. <laughs> it's empty like my soul. You're making Rue cry, and he's just gonna cry the longer this goes on. <laughs> Which is weird because people have been talking in our Telegram, but why won't they message us here? I don't know. It's because they like to make Rue cry. They do. <laughs> Apparently, because if if it doesn't get emailed. It doesn't get on the show because we're not. We don't know what you want us to say. If it's not in an email, where we can't go scrolling through the Telegram chats to look for those posts, guys. It's it makes a lot more work for us, and we'd love to hear from you. We love to hear how everybody's doing, and can you believe it? It's been a whole year since we've had an email. <laughs> so long. <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> wow, he got over that quick. <laughs> On that So note. send send emails. We would love to hear from each and every one of you. Um, send us feedback on the episodes, or maybe you had a thought that popped into your head. Maybe we missed something that is pertaining to uh, this particular topic. And we'll we'll uh, touch base. We'll read your email, and we'll um, we'll um, comment on it. So maybe there's something that we didn't say that was that would be great to say in a in a commission uh podcast but anywho yeah please feel free to share and it doesn't have to be from this episode it could be from past episodes we just love to hear from you guys okay suggestions for future episodes yeah tell I, us tell us how things are send us a i've had somebody message why an email on Patreon music <laughs> <laughs> no preferably with the patreon music playing in the background do not do tell, not send those messages tell us that we have to have it playing the entire episode while we record no no i can't do it that's an idea but unless you uh. send us a mailbag we'll never know hey there folks nuka here hitting you with a little bit of housekeeping for, for what it's worth uh, first of all, remember that for what it's worth would not be possible without the support, feedback, and interaction of listeners like you in our wonderful fan community. You can check out all of our past episodes, plus learn more about the show, its host, and what's coming up next on the show on our website, forwhatitsworth.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at forwhatitsworth, no spaces. Uh, to get updates on upcoming episodes, to hear latest news about the show, or to get some opportunities to contribute to upcoming episodes. You can also join our Telegram channel where we regularly chat about uh, the upcoming show episodes and topics, and just an opportunity to chat with our, friend, uh, chat with our fans. 
Uh, if you want to be on the Telegram channel, just contact Drew at WineRedFox on Telegram, all one word, uh, and you'll get added to the Telegram channel. Note that you have to be 18 years of age or older to join the Telegram group. If you want to send us an email uh, or contribute to the mailbag or just get in touch with us in any way, the easiest way to do that is with our email, cast at forwhatitsworth.com. Uh, or you can email any of the specific cast members by just putting their name. So for me, it would be Nuka at forwhatitsworth.com. Or for Rue, it would be Rue at forwhatitsworth.com. Uh, if you want to send us an audio file to be played instead of an email, or if you want to uh, contribute to the items that play throughout the show, uh, you can upload a recording to us directly through SpeakPipe. That's speakpipe.com slash F-W-I-W. So you can put a little recording on there and we can use your voice rather than trying to uh, read it in our own entire voices. Uh, finally, the best way you can help out the show directly is by sharing it with your friends. Our audience grows every episode through word of mouth. So uh, if you like this episode or if you think you know someone who might be interested in this or any other episodes, uh, let them know where to find us. No. Uh, All right, guys. I think I have some cookies in the oven, so we, we need to probably get going real soon. All right. Well, I think that does it for today's episode. I want to thank everybody for taking time off, you know, at this glorious new year to uh, chat about commissioning stuff with me. So uh, this has been Sammy. This has been Rue. This has been Nuka. And Click. And Boss. And you've been listening to... For, for what, what it's, it's worth. worth. For what it's worth. Yay!